Hello everybody, this is Krishna Kitty. It is the 27th of July and we are going to come back. Hopefully um, you had an opportunity to take a look at my clapper video yesterday. I've not put anything new up on TikTok. This, I don't like TikTok, honestly, um, but I will. I want you to pay attention. I was talking about solar power and um, the first steps of people going off the grid. I had so many comments, don't even know where to begin. So I want to start very simply by saying going off the grid, I've said this before, means different things to different people. The very basic definition of going off the grid does not mean you're going to hide out and go live in a cave. It actually means you're disconnecting from the electrical grid. Now, for some people, that means, you know, they are very rich and they're going to do the expensive solar panels, but they're still going to be a slave to Big Brother because these solar companies are going to tell Big Brother and the electric companies where you are, what you're doing, blah, 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 blah. Okay. But they are usually the people that want to do the green, you know, energy. It's better for everybody. Let's all get along. All right. Wonderful. Great. All right. Now, the second group of people are ones that want to go off the grid because something has happened, like myself, a few times in my life. I came face to face with the government and realized you cannot fight the government and you cannot win. Okay? You are guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. They will bankrupt you. They will look at January 6th. Not that I even support what happened there, but that gives you a good idea of how broken and corrupted our system is. So you have people that are in all different transitions of going off the grid. And what I mean by that is there are people that simply like I have lived where someone's rural, there's no laws. So, hey, I'm gonna switch off the electric. We're gonna try using alternative sources, but I still have a car registered. Obviously, I'm still going to work every day, things like that. Now, over the years, I've began to distance myself more and more from the government. I'm self-employed. Um, I, of course, don't do any kind of direct deposit. I keep very, very little bit of money in a bank account because I believe that is how the government will track you and can basically, we saw that in Canada, um, with, with the trucker strikes, they, they can easily take your money, okay? I don't trust banks, I don't believe in that. I believe our government is in a state of treason and has been for a long time. Biden's new rules with the IRS reporting at $600 is absolutely insanity. Worth turning 11 year olds into tax paying criminals. I could go on and on about my views on that as well. So over the years, because of the corruption I have seen firsthand, I have taken deliberate measures to slowly go off the grid. And I have gone off the grid before in my life. That being said, yes, I do have cars and trucks and blah, blah, blah. Okay. So I'm going to give people, I'm not a lawyer. I don't want to give anyone legal advice. I'm going to answer some people's questions based on what I learned talking to more and more people that are going off the grid. There are people that are building very extensive compounds and are transitioning from living in what I call a normal existence to really into homesteading and becoming self-sufficient. There are people that literally live like it's 1890 um, with no modern conveniences. Now, the one thing I have to understand about solar, when I was at the solar workshop is there's a lot that goes into solar power. You need wires and connectors and a lot of these people that are into this 
literally have boxes and boxes and boxes of connectors and panels and wires and inverters and this you know this connector and that connector it gets extremely complicated can you create basic solar energy for small emergency kinds of things yes you absolutely can bowfang radios ham radios yes they will run off of solar power um can i generate solar power to be able to use an appliance for a short period of time with my harbor freight setup yes i can but what i have been trying to do is use that kind of solar power if god forbid we've got to that point where we have to charge some batteries maybe try to get a car to run and you want to charge that battery up with solar power you can actually do that um to create daisy chains to be able to um like i said mainly communicate with people or whatever the effects may be but i have been trying to go back more to the primitive living scenarios which i believe is where people are going to fall so let me back up just a little bit so you can understand where i'm going and what exactly I'm saying with all this. Now, our government has been a state of treason for a very long time. The first time I came face to face with it, you know, back in 2009, no search warrant or come on my property. We can we are seeing our rights eroded daily. And so the people that I've come in contact with There are three kinds of preppers. The ones that have a lot of money and are building these massive solar panel things, they're not really preppers, okay? They are extremely rich board people. All right. True preppers, remember the saying what happens in Fight Club stays in Fight Club? If you are truly doing what I'm doing, you don't talk about it. I'm just going to be hypothetical. So, this is not I'm just going to be hypothetical. Suppose Mike and Jane and their family of three kids, grandma, grandpa, and some extended family, all decide decide to buy land, very very rural, unincorporated land, mainly hunting lands, and they are going to slowly transition into self-sufficiency on these lands. If they are serious and believe in this stuff, they are not advertising it. <laughs> they're not posting pictures all over Facebook. They're not telling people all the stuff they're doing. They're simply going to do it. Okay. I mentioned this to people earlier when I was working with the stop the smart meters and unfortunately there's no way to stop it. You know, it, it's it's full blown. Most people don't even realize their meter was replaced and they have no clue why they are sick. All right, but as i was telling people if you are truly going off the grid because of this do not tell anybody if once you make up your mind just disconnect your electrics i'm that's it disconnect it don't you know you don't want your children you don't want your people you don't need you advertising your business that is not a true prepper you're doing things behind the scenes that's why people that post all the guns and ammo on gun porn and everything you know what you're a poser all you good to gear your opposer um because what's the point of that what the point is though one notion is that 
survivors, preppers, off-gridders, homesteaders that truly are serious, not playing games, not just getting together for the weekend and a board and let's spend some money doing this stuff, but truly believe in this, need to find a way to come together because that's what's going to be necessary for survival. I saw some really, really cool setups where people completely almost underground bunkers they've been building and working on for years and very rural, self-sufficient homesteading, and yet they really don't have defensible perimeters or firearms. And yet the people that are stockpiling so much ammo, um, it's just a joke, okay? So there has to be a happy medium to everything. And what that is, I know what mine is, I cannot speak for anybody else. What being off-grid means to me is that I am not going to be reliant on the government. Back when the skimdemic was happening, I told people, if you own your own businesses, your own stores, your own school boards, your own little unincorporated towns, homesteading communities, whatever you want to call them, nobody could tell you what to do. But that's hard work, right? It's hard work to quit your job and start these kind of communities and homeschool your children and grow your food, etc., etc., etc. Personally, living without electricity is not difficult at all. I have not really used electricity in a very long time. Probably except the biggest thing was washer and dryer. I'll be honest, okay? Now, people wash clothes for thousands of years without a washing machine and dryer. So, besides that, I really was using Christmas lights, batteries anyway. I was in that mentality. I'm not going to be giving them more of my money than I have to because of how corrupt the government system is. So... For people that, are, that I've noticed have gotten themselves in trouble is when they got into a fight with the electric company or the water company, they make, I did it too, but I knew I could legally turn my electric off. Um, but what happens is they create a big scene and these people will go after your children, they will go after your money, they'll go after everything you have and they will arrest you in some instances. So. In the past, when I disappeared, and I've done this in the past, twice, I literally have just disappeared overnight. Does that mean lying? Yeah, it does. Is lying a sin? I'm not going to go there. I don't give a damn, really, honestly, right now. Um, God did a lot of damn lying in the Bible. There's a lot of lying and things in the Bible I don't understand. Let's go back to that thing with Job, right? So, you have to weigh what is important to you. And my importance is to get out of where I'm living and be able to hide away from the government for whatever reason and start over off the grid. I don't need to advertise my business to people. Now, I do believe we are headed to chaos. I do believe it's going to hit the fan. I do believe the grids are going to go down. We were just seeing rolling blackouts, things like that. 
So I'm going to answer some questions for people that honestly want to know what people do when they go off the grid. All right. If I truly wanted to go off the grid, I'd be looking for very rural land, a minimum of 9 to 12 miles from a main road. Most people do not have the cardio to walk a mile or four miles or five miles. They say seven miles is typical where people will keel over. I'm going to take that a little bit more. I'm going to be looking for land that is so remote. And yes, I know someone's going to come out and say, oh, the heat-seeking missile, the way, you know, they're going to find that way. Yeah, okay, whatever. If it gets to that point, we're done. All right, we're done. doesn't matter. But that's not going to be their energy. They don't care. Because the government's going to think, hey, these people are out there on their own. Eventually, they're going to run out of food. They're going to run out of resources. You know what? Who gives a damn? That's the truth. They're bigger fish to fry. Especially if things are in anarchy. Um, I would look for land if you're looking to do that. You are not registering any vehicles there or anything. This is unincorporated land. I have met people that keep um, an RV, set up an RV park for residents or a mailing address somewhere, things like that. There's different ways that you can get mail and have, keep things going until you absolutely have to go dark. Let's put it that way. So how do people live or how did people live without electricity? And is it worth it? Is it worth it's only something that you can answer for yourself? I can't answer that question for you. First of all, do you need electricity to cook? Obviously not, because what do we do on the weekends? Everybody's grilling. So to say you need a stove and an oven and a toaster, you don't. Coffee, old-fashioned white coffee pot over an open fire, Clint Eastwood. So, what are we using the electricity for? Air conditioning and heat. I'll say that. It is very, very hot. One of the things people used to do back in the day is you would soak towels in ice cold water and put them on your body to keep yourself cool. And it works. It absolutely works. Um... Animals dig down in the dirt for cool, because the dirt is cooler. That's why people have the cellars in the ground, and they're often much cooler temperature-wise. That's why people are building the underground bunkers and basements, things like that. Um, lighting. You do not need electricity for lighting. Now, heat. If you don't have a fireplace, what are your options? Well, you can build a burn, you know, a small fire pit out where, where you're living. If you are able to build something in your home like a pot belly stove, go back to the old fashioned ways of life. These are get the poor Richard Almanacs. Yet the books that taught people how to do this back in the day. That is truly how you learn. 
you know, oil, kerosene, things like that. So heating can be done as well. All right, let's just be honest. Um, cell phones. Yes, I drop my high-speed internet and all that, but I do have unlimited data on two cell phones. All right. I use them for everything, and I have a laptop. Part of the reason why I have those battery boxes. Pretty much, I just keep those battery boxes charged as massive phone chargers. I know. But here's the thing. If until the grid goes down, I can keep my cell phone even charged with maps on it and things like that, and a lot of other data with solar power. Even if I'm offline, think about that. Think about that. All right. Um. What else? Food, refrigeration, okay. Without refrigeration, food will go bad. You're right. But people didn't eat a lot of the processed crap foods. It was a very kill it and grill it mentality, vegetables, and thank God we can't stockpile food. And be able to prepare it fresh. Now, how much, it's much easier to keep food fresh in the winter than in the summer, you're absolutely right. So it takes a lot of planning. And we do have things that we can use like vacuum sealing but people used to can, and going back to those old school ways that make that you really can survive. Again, those almanacs are vital. What else? Um, water. Like I said, where I'm living now has water. The you can people dug aqueducts and wells since forever. In Jesus Christ's time, they had aqueducts and wells. They were Roman baths. Don't tell me that this stuff just appeared in 1910. Uh, it was always been this stuff. It's always been irrigation. Go back and learn how to do it. For me... I guess I've always seen it coming to this point. And again, my frustration is that most people are just playing a game. Doesn't matter if it's a war game or a survival or prepping game. These survival sites charge thousands of dollars for supplies and foods and all the money they make off these poor individuals. You don't you don't need that. Learn how to do things the way our ancestors did. And then you will be self-sufficient. When they try to lock people in their homes again, or tell you what you can and can't do, you are not going to be 
one of those people. Okay. So I want to show bring something up here. For those of someone who's texted me, Poor Richard's Almanac. I don't know how many of you heard of it. An almanac was very important back in the days. Um, it talked about weather. It talked about crops. Um, farmers depended on this. So what was it? And does it still um, exist today? Yes, it does. In fact, Benjamin Franklin um, used them. It, it's absolutely amazing. It's pretty cool. So um, you can go online on the Benjamin Franklin Historical Society and pull up the almanacs from 1733. It has everything from demographics to stories to weather to poems, recipes, trivia, advice. And almanacs were produced in Britain long before they made it to North America. First one was published by William Pierce of Harvard College in 1639 in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Um, and then you had um, Benjamin Franklin's brother James published one, the Rhode Island Almanac, starting in 1728. It's pretty interesting. So you get a little bit of history, but you can also learn a lot about recipes, how they did things back in the day, if you truly wanted to live like this. All right. I'm trying to pull something up for you. The main point of these almanacs was a sharing of knowledge. There was a lot of how to make alcohol, believe it or not, um, when to plow the field what seeds to plant and it really really does um, still ring very true today all right so I want to give you some recipes you might find interesting these would have been pioneer recipes that people would have made out in the farm. Okay. And I'll give you some very um, 
basic soup was a very big staple of what people ate. And the reason soup and like chilies and stews were so popular is you could mix so many different things together. So you didn't have to have a lot of one thing, just a lot of little things that you all could mix together to come up with um, and create an actual recipe. Okay. Um, I'm sorry, someone sent me a message and I'm pulling it up because I wanted to do this one. Okay, so here we go. The first thing that was very popular on the prairie out there were potato cakes. Um, a lot of times people, potatoes have actually very long shelf life and you can actually um, cure them and be able to store them. They obviously made potato pancakes, we know. They use them a lot of different things. Um, very basic recipe with uh, potatoes, six potatoes, you peel and grate them. Two teaspoons salt, half a cup of milk, two eggs and flour, and you have a very basic potato cake. That would sustain people for quite some time. And again, these things lasted, they could store them, and now with we have like vacuum sealing and things like that. It literally could last a very, very long time. Also, corn stored for a very long time. So cornbread, corn powder, tortillas, something called Johnny Cakes, which were very popular as well. And it also came from oats. And they used, you know, buttermilk and flour, molasses, cornmeal, baking soda, baking powder, butter. Okay, nothing that you would not have. So there is very basic butter, um, bacon. Um, bacon was a staple. Ham was a staple. And again, they could mix these things into making these heartier kind of meals. Um, jerky was very popular back in the day, finding how to actually make homemade jerky. Eggs, you know, they always had their eggs. They had chickens. They knew, again, when they, what the seasons were and what they could keep and what they could use and what they could put together. And that's where the almanac came in very, very handy. So this is a recipe that was done on the prairie in the Oregon Trail for chocolate caramels. I thought it was very interesting. Um, they had sugar. And yes, a lot of times they would stop and they would go into town and have sugar. Now, again, sugar was an expensive luxury in some ways. So this would be something that a farm or stead would trade for, other resources for sugar. They would also trade for chocolate. This would be like a birthday, a special event, molasses, sweet milk, butter, and vanilla. And they would create very easy cake or caramels. Um, apples, you know, the caramel apples they talked about, they were very innovative in everything they used. Pie crust, everything were made from scratch. So how do they make a pastry? Very easily, one cup shortening or lard, 
salt, one egg, flour, and a teaspoon of vinegar. Um, brown bread was something the New England settlers used, and that was made with a teaspoon of baking soda, three and a half cups of water, a teaspoon of salt, molasses, and graham flour. Um, something that basically the British were using, hasty pudding, you might have heard about that. That are just water, salt, and cornmeal. There's a lot of different things that they could do and reuse, but people have lost that. People have lost skills, how to make a quilt, how to spin yarn, how to sew. Skills that have been lost are not easily regained. I want to encourage people, maybe do a little research on this. I went down, I wasn't going to go down this rabbit hole, but I did because I think it's important actually. Because yes, a lot of these preppers are stockpiling lots of peanut butter and rice and all these different, you know, canned soups. And that's great. Especially if you have a secure location and you are going to be there for a while. But you're also going to need things to mix in with it and supplement and nutrients. And it's important to have these skills. Plus, I think it's important to have them because it's something that's been lost. Our culture has forgotten what it was like to plow a field with a horse, to, you know, heat a bed with a bed warmer. People have forgotten what self-sufficiency truly is. Um, All right, I'm going to finish up with this note. They asked one of the survivalists that I was with, the 25 most important skills that you would tell someone to need if they want to go up the grid and be self-sufficient. Number one was the mentality that I can do this no matter what. It's not a, it's not a fad. It's not a joke. It's not I'm out to prove something to so-and-so. This is who I am, and therefore I will do this, no matter what. So it's a mentality. All right, number two, food preservation, which we mentioned earlier, especially during the warmer months. Do you have enough stockpiles of food? And will they stay? Now, granted, we're talking, we have cans now, things like that. But do you also understand how to can, how to puree, how to make jellies, how to make and preserve the way the pioneers would, or even way back before them? Can you make soap? We talked, you know, I'll talk about that with lye and ashes. Can you make cleaning products, insecticides to keep, you know, the bugs away, right? How did they do it? Most people don't know where the scarecrow came from. 
There was a reason they put a scarecrow in, a, in the garden. Educate yourself. Okay. Um, can you cook on cast iron over an open fire? Most people are master grillers with their charcoal, so, you know, I'm hoping that people could probably figure that one out. We will see. How to make a Dutch oven. Um, how to keep a fire burning. How to make portable when you were traveling, even. Okay. Can you make pelts from animal? Can you make clothing to keep yourself warm from animal fur? Can you mend clothes? Can you fix clothes? Can you sew? Can you make something warmer or cooler? Can you insulate a house? Can you insulate the windows? Can what do you do? You have this understanding of how to utilize skins and pelts and dirt and mud to keep your body warm and your family warm. Alternative medicines. Okay. How to track, how to make snares. How to hide so you're not tracked. After you hunt the deer, do you know how to tan the hide? Do you know what all the different parts can be used for so nothing goes to waste? We talked about sewing already. Rugs. How to sew up a wound. How to stop bleeding. How to do weaving. It, it goes on and on. Gardening. Where can you find water out of what plants and what plants are poisonous? How to purify water, how to do the aqueducts, how to do the irrigation, how to rotate crops, how to build the fire pits, how to build a primitive plow. How about foraging the shoes for the horse or the oxen so that they can plow the fields? All things that we have lost, how to make catapults, how to make pickets, how to split rails on a fence, how to make your own tools, axes, hammers, blades, how to make an outhouse. Can you navigate? Can you read a compass? Can you physically get from point A to point B or are you going to pass out after half a mile because you're that out of shape? Can you follow the sun, the stars? Do you know what kind of seeds to gather from the wild so you can then replant them and germinate them?
How about this hygiene issues? You know, cough medicines, um, witch hazels, what roots, red sumac root, um, different kinds of powders, chest colds. What would you do? They were talking about mustard. You know, there's so many things that people have lost that work. Where now, you know, when we talk about Vicks vapor rubs and all that, that came from somewhere. It came from the pioneer days. Can you make alcohol, moonshine, actually very, very important because it disinfects. It cleanses. Can you fix firearms? Can you build a firearm? Can you make primitive firearms or weapons? Do you know how to, you know, make a firing pin, extractors, detonate springs? Um, if there's no parts, how are you going to improvise them? Can you turn a nail gun into a deadly weapon? Can, what about those potato launchers you always like to make with the kids? I always joke about those things. Those are the kind of weapons you need to know how to make. Raising livestock. Keep, you know, what do you feed them? What nutrients do you and them and the cattle need? You know, so we get back into that blacksmithing. Blacksmiths also made tools, crowbars, axes. They made hinges for the doors, anything you could think of, nails. These are all lost arts that need to be found. I'm Krista Kitty, and I hope everybody has a blessed night.